Hello, this is Brian McLean, and welcome to Our Story with God, episode 37, Philip. We're going to be studying out of the book of Acts today, and we're going to be studying Philip, who is, I must confess, one of my very, very favorite individuals in the New Testament. Um, he just, he, he's a guy that really does it all. And, uh, and he has an amazing story, and he really kind of gives us uh, a bit of guidance in how we should act and how we should live out the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Um, now, this guy really, like I said, he did it all. He started out as one of the original deacons. And so if you remember our last lesson, we were talking about the creation of the office of deacon. So to be a deacon meant that you were trusted because you were, you were going to be handling money. And so you had to be trusted. Uh, you had to be obviously good with other people. They were there to support and help uh, these widows. Uh, you had to be of firm faith and you had to have wisdom. And so obviously this speaks well both of Philip, who was one of these original deacons, and of Stephen, who had been stoned to death. Um, and so Philip, um, like Stephen, had a Greek name. And so what we're going to find out is because of this background, he seems to be a person who is well aware of the things that happen outside of Jerusalem's walls. So he's aware of the world at large, being a Hellenistic Jew himself. Um, and he also apparently has a very, uh, very good understanding of what Jesus's message really was all about. Okay, so we're going to start off with, uh, we're going to look at the things that Philip did and really how he was sort of a trendsetter uh, in his time. So uh, obviously, again, he was one of the original seven deacons. Uh, and when Stephen was stoned, everybody started dispersing. Now, most Jewish believers would have sort of gone where their people were, right? Uh, if you were kicked out of your location, you'd probably try to find people who were like you, maybe a friend or a family member, at least somebody who shared some, maybe your nationality. Uh, if you go to another country, you're excited to see another American, for instance. So they would have, there were Jews all over the Roman Empire. And so when the Jewish believers in Jesus started leaving Jerusalem, they probably would have gone to homes and cities where their people lived. Well, where didn't their people live? Samaria. The Samaritans, if you remember your history back to the way we were talking, this is what used to be the northern kingdom of Israel that was destroyed by the Assyrians. And so that entire region was repopulated. And the few Jews that were remained would have been intermarried and intermingled with other people groups. And this was a big no-no for the Jewish people. And so those who remained in the south in Judah, they would not, they were not okay with the Samaritans. They considered them uh, to be lower than low. If you remember Jesus' story of the Good Samaritan, it was scandalous that a Samaritan would be the hero of a story that a Jewish man would tell. Uh, it was very unlikely. Jesus himself, however, had at least two cities that he went to uh, among the Samaritan people. Uh, and that was kind of crazy because if you look at the Roman map of the area, the area to the south, that's Judea. That's where Jerusalem is. That's where the temple is. And that's where all the Jews have to go, right? Just north of that is Samaria. That's where the Jews didn't want to go. 
But northeast of Samaria is Galilee, and this is where Jesus grew up, and it was a large Jewish community. And for Jews traveling from Galilee down to Judea, they would take a detour around the east. They would go out of their way to avoid the homeland of the Samaritans. Jesus himself ended up going through this area. If you remember the story of the woman at the well, that's when a Jewish city, or excuse me, a Samaritan city accepted a Jew, accepted Jesus joyfully. But if you also remember, there's another story where Jesus tries to go into a Samaritan city and they reject him. And if you remember James and John, the sons of thunder, this is kind of where they earn that nickname. They want to call down fire and lightning on this city and Jesus obviously doesn't let them. So we don't know if these are the two cities where Philip ended up going, but we do know that when Philip showed up, the Holy Spirit showed up with him. The Holy Spirit was with Philip and it made a big impact. So here we go. He walks into town and things start happening. In Acts 8, verses 7 and 8, it says, Unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. So boom, right off the bat, Philip is performing miracles among the people there. A magician named Simon believes, and he's baptized, and he begins to follow Philip as well. But something interesting happened. Of all the people who believed, and they repented, and they, they accepted that, that Jesus was who he said he was, uh, and they got baptized, Scripture doesn't say why exactly, but they do not receive the Holy Spirit. And that's a big deal. For believers today, when you allow Jesus, when you accept him, when you believe and you repent, Jesus Christ is Lord, you receive the Holy Spirit. And this doesn't happen to the Samaritans. But this message to the Samaritans gains the attention of the apostles who are still down the road in Jerusalem. And so they send Peter and John to investigate what's going on up here with Philip. And when they see them, they're excited. They're overjoyed. They pray for these new believers. They lay hands on them and boom, the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And if you remember what God told Abraham in Genesis 12, 3, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And all of a sudden, right then, maybe God was just waiting for a bigger audience, but uh, all of a sudden Philip is there and Peter and John are there and boom, this is the first moment in scripture where the Gentiles receive the promise of God and they're there to witness God's family grow to include everybody. It's not just a Jewish faith anymore and this is huge. But it doesn't stop there because an angel tells Philip, hey, Go take a walk because God has a special appointment in mind for Philip. And as he goes on the road south of Jerusalem, again, Samaria, Samaria was to the north. He's now south of Jerusalem. So he's gone quite a ways and he comes across an Ethiopian eunuch who is reading the writings of Isaiah. This Ethiopian eunuch, first of all, he's a foreigner. And second of all, he is a eunuch. And those two things would have prohibited him from going into the inner court of the temple. He would have only been able to go as far as the location where Jesus was turning over the money changers' tables and so forth. Uh, and so that was the court of the Gentiles. He could not have gone into the temple area. Uh, and 
but he had gone to worship. So clearly he knew about God and he's reading the scroll of Isaiah, but he doesn't understand it. And Philip walks up and it says in 835, beginning with this scripture, uh, he, Philip, told him, the eunuch, the good news about Jesus. And boom, he believes and he repents and Philip baptizes the new believer. And it says, after he was taken up out of the water, Philip vanished from his sight. Boom, he's gone. But he rejoices and he takes the gospel of Jesus Christ to a new continent. All of a sudden, it's not just about you know, this is, this is what Jesus said, you know, J Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And boom, Philip has taken it to Samaria and now it's going to the ends of the earth. And if that eunuch had kept reading in Isaiah, here are the words he would have read. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, behold, I am a dry tree. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. That's Isaiah 56, 3 and 7. And Jesus has created a world in which this prophecy comes true in a very personal way for this Ethiopian eunuch. All of a sudden, Philip, who has disappeared, finds himself in Azotus, which is the former Philistine city of Ashdod. And he keeps preaching. And he heads up north, and he eventually settles in the city of Caesarea. And he would eventually settle there and raise a family. And the Spirit stays with Philip, and Philip continues to preach to the point where even, as we'll learn next in our next lesson, uh, when Peter comes up and, and meets with Cornelius, uh, that ends up being a new stronghold of the faith. So uh, Philip, really big deal. He completely changed. He broke barriers. Uh, if you study the word, you see in Acts 8.25 that other apostles start reaching out to the Samaritans. And in our next lesson, we'll see that Gentiles now can become believers. And it's a really big deal now because of the example that Philip set in following Jesus. He is now opened the door for the entire world of believers. So thanks for listening. Tune in next week.